Mission Log Supplemental. Number 34. The one at San Diego Comic-Con. Welcome into this super supplemental edition of Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. Ken, if you had to pick a season, what would be your favorite season? Oh, duck season, rabbit season? No, no. I think for me, it would be convention season, John. Oh, we're right on top of convention season right now. In fact, as this episode comes out, if you're listening to this now, which I guess you are, depending on when now is, we're in Vegas. Probably so. We could well mm-hmm. be. We may well mm-hmm. be in Vegas because uh, that, of course, is the home of Star Trek Las Vegas, uh, the gigantic, uh, it may, uh, so much more gigantic this year than any of us expected, I think. Because, you know, yeah. last year was the 50th anniversary of the original series. And we thought, OK, well, that's awesome. And it's huge. And it's five days. And then they said, OK, well, next year is going to be five days, too. And we're all like, huh? And then somebody said, well, it's the 30th anniversary of Next Gen. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, boom, they've dropped Discovery, like like right at the beginning of the whole thing, too. So right. yeah, tune in next week, and we can maybe talk a bit more about that. Because here's what's funny. Um, we actually haven't done the Vegas thing yet. We're in Vegas. We're doing Vegas. Ken and John do Vegas. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we haven't done it yet. Here's the thing, though. Uh, last week... As we record this, anyway, last week, uh, John did San Diego. Yeah, I did. I did. And it was fun because I did San Diego with a lot of friends. Um, So Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek himself, he had a panel that was a great idea. It was called Your Star Trek Podcast HQ SoCal. So there are a lot of Star Trek podcasts that come from Southern California. So he invited me to represent Mission Log. Uh, we had our friend Kayla Yacovino from TrekMovie.com. She, of course, does ShuttlePod 1 there. Uh, we had Aaron Harvey from Saturday Morning Trek, which is a show on Trek FM dedicated to something that you and I are both big fans of. Uh, that would be Star Trek, the animated series, but kind of covering what was happening in the Trek world in the 70s. And Lisa Getzko from Trek Radio. .net. So Larry had the four of us on a panel to talk about kind of behind the scenes of podcasts, how we overlap, how we maybe keep them unique and fresh. And it was a lot of fun. We had some audience Q&A and, and we make an announcement related to the Rodberry Podcast Network while we're there. Wow. I don't even know what that was. I got to say, though, no offense to you, sir. Mm-hmm. You buried the lead. We started off by saying it's convention season. Then we say San Diego. John Champion was on a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. He was actually on two panels at San Diego Comic-Con. I was on two, yeah. 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 So uh, so what you're about to hear, uh, for those of, you know, us who couldn't get out to uh, Comic-Con this year, or any year for that matter, uh, is is that crazy little thing that uh, uh, put on by Mr. Nemechek and uh, with a whole bunch of other Star Trek pals. My name is Larry Nemechek, or Dr. Trek to some of you that fall for marketing. And uh, very proud to do this. Uh, apparently, I thought there wasn't a lot of podcasting uh, material here, especially when it overlaps with Star Trek. So we're really thrilled to bring this to Because we have some really, some of the, the top national, the top Trek best known are either done or created or headquartered here in Southern California, which makes sense since we're so close to Hollywood. 
here's the Army O logos. So I have Larry Nimichek's Trackland online. Uh, everything I do there, my recent business for fans and experience is Portal 47. I have been, I've been doing some unorthodox podcasting. I started doing a 10-minute live. I guessed on many of them. But Trekland Tuesdays Live is on at 1 p.m. Pacific every Tuesday now. Live. Live on Facebook. Uh, and that's it. And that's where you can get a hold of me. Then next to my left here. Hey, everyone. I'm uh, Kaylee Iacovino. I'm co-host of the Shuttle Pod podcast, which is the podcast of TrekMovie.com. Um, yeah, and we talk about all kinds of things on the podcast, from newsy stuff, um, stuff that we cover on TrekMovie.com, to you know, deep dives into some of the movies and episodes and our favorite characters, favorite weird subjects that we can think of to talk about. So pretty much everything. It's a fun one, though. And then to her left is... I'm Aaron Harvey, and I am the producer and co-host of Saturday Morning Trek, which is Trek Movies animated series podcast plus all things trek in the 1970s and we do a lot of the deep dives we've interviewed some people from filmation which has been fun we've sort of busted some myths about the color pink which is (laughs) (laughs) it's like pink tribbles were not because the art director was colorblind that was just sort of a a fun story that was put to kind of cover up the fact that the person who did color them wasn't really caring anymore and just said, sure, fine, pink, whatever. <laughs> Filmation. What do you expect? Film- well, that, yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've been doing that. Uh, in the summer, we've been doing a lot of uh, kind of rewatches. We're inviting other people from the network to to join me or me and uh, one of my co-hosts and just listen along and, and watch an episode without kind of going too deep into it and just like kind of a more mystery science theater kind of fun reaction. And I have the Edge up here real quick. Oh, yeah. And we've also just launched our uh, Star Trek Discovery podcast, The Edge. So it's the, and you're like one of four, a group of four that rotate around. Yeah. There, right? It's sort of like if you're familiar with Trek FM, it's sort of like the ready room. But with uh, Discovery is the main topic. So we have uh, four hosts that rotate. And then we're bringing other people in from the network. So everybody gets a chance to kind of test it out and try it out and get different voices, which I think is really important, especially with... It's a new show, and we're going from kind of looking at all old Star Trek to this new thing that's coming out weekly, and it's just... it's. We're, and we're going to get into that, what that dynamics is like. <laughs> but to your left, I want to make sure and introduce the lovely Lisa. Tell us about yourself, Lisa, because you are... And tell us about the slightly different slant that you have as a network, as a network Yes, network. I know. Despite the fact that a lot of people like to use the word radio when they're talking about a podcast, when Trek Radio uses the word radio, we are actually an internet radio network. So we've been around, uh, just last month, we celebrated our seven-year anniversary. God, mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been seven years. And I have trekradio.net yes! up there. You can talk to me afterwards if you want another joke. Uh, no, it's no joke. Pay no attention to other Trek radios out there. There is only one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm the chief operations officer. I kind of stumbled into this through my experience just in uh, broadcasting and management. So don't ask me a Star Trek trivia question, but uh, we are the Internet's first radio network dedicated to the sci-fi community. And you have live DJs as well. We have live DJs. We have pre-recorded podcasts. We have live podcasts. We cover events like uh, Comic-Con and other conventions who shall not be named. And we do uh, interviews with celebrities. It's a little bit of everything. It's kind of like sharing the creativity of our friends with the listeners, all in one spot. 
Well, speaking of friends, I'm really getting pissed at John because he, sp- he was here a minute ago, and he's not here. I have his slide and everything. And, oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, I just beamed in, and uh, I tell you, act three of any episode is a bitch. Okay. You end up like this, and... Uh, but I'm glad to be here, Larry. Very that's, glad to be here. That's some entrance, even for a library, yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had a library. That's awesome. Out. Well, get a breath. Yeah, thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. get some triox. Okay. Good. And, um, oh, yeah, right here. Uh, yeah. Tell us about uh, what the hell are you doing here? So, uh, Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. We've been at it five years as of first week of August. So in a couple of weeks. And um, around that time, we'll hit our eight millionth download. So it, it's, it's kind of cranking along. We're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Awesome. And uh, recently the network has expanded. Yeah. Uh, so uh, under the Roddenberry name, we, we're just in the first stages of the Roddenberry Podcast Network where we've teamed up with a couple of other great shows, Priority One and Women at Warp. And uh, we felt like they served a need that... We certainly weren't doing on Mission Log because we're not a news show. And even though I do trivia, we're not a trivia show. We're solely dedicated to talking about morals, meanings, philosophy, ethics of Star Trek. And uh, by bringing in Priority One, that kind of covers the news angle and certainly a heavy emphasis on gaming. And by having Women at Warp, that filled an angle that was specifically about feminist critique of Star Trek, which uh, we felt like was an important voice to have. And uh, and we're glad to share the name Roddenberry with them and glad to have their names associated with us. Yeah. So in the the group here, I mean, I I have come from a big background and, and lately focusing on live and interactive experiences with people. Uh, Kayla, you've got the huge Trek movie background behind you. Why don't I just go to the big group one there? Yay. Um, the, the Trek FM network has a zillion different podcasts in it that have all come from uh, Chris Jones's mind. You have a whole network, as you were talking about, and Roddenberry's got the Roddenberry name, and Mission Log was kind of the flagship, and now you're... And you're Expanding out yeah. from that, with you know, all it, that. It's, it's so. important to point out that you know from the beginning we felt like, all right, well, why another Star Trek podcast? There are a lot of them out there. Well, why not? Everybody has a unique voice. There's a lot to be said about 50 years of history and different angles you can take on Star Trek. And we never ever felt like we were in competition with anybody to do that. Um, it, Trek FM has a fantastic. Uh, stable of shows that all fill very specific niche needs for their audience and we thought well cool let's let, let's see how much more we can expand and how much more programming we can bring but you're and you see there but there's a, I don't, not incestuously but there is a lot of overlap and pe- people do yep. put like a, a mission log is on Trek FM. yeah mission log yes. is on Trek FM mission log is on Trek movie and, and yeah. we end every show by promoting those yeah and and Trek Radio. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop prompting everybody, and just, if you don't jump up there, I'm going to, yeah, so good deal, Lisa. So, so, just out of curiosity in the audience, is there anyone that has never listened to a po- of any kind of a podcast? I know this is hard to believe, but there are podcasts about things beyond Star Trek. <laughs> Politics and <laughs> sports and things. Oh, okay, okay. Well, because uh, I was curious. I was just curious to see what kind of an audience we would get if we had some non-podcasters get yanked in, or podcast downloaders, because that's always curious. So let me just, um, 
Let me ask the question. Is there anybody that may have listened to podcasts, of su- whatever subject, but have never listened to any of the ones that we've got represented up here? It's okay. I'm just curious. Just taking market. Okay. Well, here's our chance to, to do it. Because the first thing I was going to say was, <laughs> did anybody on the panel do this on any other of these topics before you did a Trek one? You had a career in broadcasting, Lisa, but, I mean, not these specified produced podcasty type things, which have come around the last 10, 15 years. Right. No, I, I got into it the last seven years. Yeah. 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 In terms of podcasting on the internet. Yeah. Well, John mentioned this too. One of the things, there are a lot of podcasts out there. It's almost like, well, it's not quite like fan films, which are now kind of going away. Um, but there is that concern. I think anybody that has a, uh, cares about the audience and is very aware of the Trek landscape is, is cognizant of not trying to just do what somebody else is doing. I mean, everybody's putting their own slant on it, or they're bringing the resources they already have to bear, or whatever, I think. Um, is there anything here's the thing is there anything particularly uh, uh, difficult about doing a podcast about Star Trek and here's here's the thing we've been in 12 years of fallow times right and now we have a show cranking up is that is that uh, conjuring up any it's exciting but it's also we've got the CBS and licensing side ramping up a little bit does anybody have any has anybody bumped into any legal issues with the franchisee Aaron. and or, or any other other things that was a bad time and is anybody yeah. seeing is anybody Ooh. seeing a challenge as well as the excitement of having a live show finally for the first time in the era of podcasting and social media i there's a lot of questions in there i think i have a lot of answers for various questions joe go 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 i think for w- w- one thing jumping in what you're saying about this idea that we're changing from a time when trek has been at it's nadir you know it's been at we haven't had a lot of activity. There's been the JJ shows, but they've been few and far between. It's not something we can keep up with like a television show. Um, and it's surprising to me how it's not difficult at all, I think, to have so many Star Trek podcasts. Like, even as a fan, I'm, I think I'm surprised. We just, just all the podcasts we've named, and there are more, how they all exist, and they really don't step on each other's toes. Yeah. And you, you come up with, with ideas of things to talk about that people haven't talked about before, which is kind of surprising, but I think it speaks to how big the Trek universe is. But now I think, especially being with Trek Movie, who is you know, the, the website that um, my podcast is underneath, we're foremost a, a news site. And so with, the, with Discovery coming, I think we're definitely having, um, we're going to see shifts in the things that we sort of have to cover, you know what I mean, that fall under our news directive. Um, and the idea of maybe spinning off other other podcasts to cover that. So I think that's an entirely different kind of a show, but it's uh, just as exciting, I think. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges of that is, except for maybe John, I don't think any of us do this on like a fully professional 24-hour well, basis. Or, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, for Kayla and I, it's like, you know, we have regular jobs that we're trying <laughs> yeah. to do at the same time, and it's just like, why did this have to come out now? Because I, can't, I don't have time to write up a story and no then record it. Th- you know, so it's it takes a village. It's a balance, but yeah, I mean, and having it doesn't and, make it itself. Starbase. No, it doesn't it make it. It takes a village, and it doesn't edit itself either, which is yes. really frustrating. Uh, <laughs> but you know, even Trek Movie and Trek FM share stuff back and forth because it's just I don't think we could do it otherwise. Yeah. Or, you know, so. Well, yeah, Larry used the word incestuous uh, a lot of Trek That's FM true. In the podcasts, best way. In the best way. I said yeah. that, too. Right. I said yeah. in the best way. Best way. A lot of Trek FM podcasts, we, we play them on Trek Radio, and 
to go back to your statement about kind of how it's changed maybe over the last 10, 15 years is seven years ago when we started, we really just wanted to create that, that hub where all of our talented friends could show off their fanaticism for Star Trek, for sci-fi. And uh, yeah, it's, now there's more than I can count. You know, there was a few back then, mm-hmm. and it's just it's grown tenfold I just think over I the last few years. Trek I, mean, I would think on your network or your radio first. The podcast. What? <laughs> I was just yes, I, think, I think the number and the quality. It's like a lot of a lot of anything that's come along. Kind of kind of like the fan films in a way, only a lot more in number. The fa- mm-hmm. There were only so many fan films, but there's there's mom and pop in the backyard podcasts, sure, or in the garage, literally maybe. Uh, and then some of the most everybody's here are like really well produced um, slickola things that compete um, would compete with anything. Does anybody have a sense for how the world of Trek podcasting compares? Maybe not with like politics and sports shows, even, but with the other genres like Star Wars. I've never, I haven't sat down to see how many podcasts of Star Wars there are, or for Marvel or DC. There's, there's or, three. Or name. Hmm? There's three. That's, but they're big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're really big. Uh, It's funny you say that because we did, a couple years back, try to start a second channel um, that was Holonet Radio. And there are like millions of Star Wars podcasts, but they don't, other than the three big ones, because I know who you're talking about, (laughs) other than the three big ones, but they don't do things regularly. Yeah. You know, they'll like be quiet for a couple years and then they'll obviously, they're excited right now with all all the movement around Disney and the new films and things like that. Um, In fact, last weekend, D23. uh, But for a lot of lean years there, there wasn't a lot of consistency. So it's with Star Trek, there was. Even in the lean years, there was that consistency in podcasts. Isn't it funny how... Once again, Star Wars is making so much noise over very few, many, a few hours of actual... Don't make me okay. choose. <laughs> but it's funny because both of you have touched on this, how in the, the leaner years of Trek is when podcasting came to being a thing and then you know, had even a resurgence. And even though we're super lean right now, leaving that area now, but we've been super lean on Trek, that's where, when all these Trek podcasts grew up. I think that's, that just speaks a lot, I think, to Well, to and that's when you get back to Larry asked about legality or legal issues is now that there is such a spotlight, again, not that it ever left, on Star Trek, <laughs> um, there is kind of... Well, lawyers you gotta, are suddenly looking at things. You've got to walk lightly. <laughs> There's more than one angle to the concept of we've been in fallow times and now we're not, and things get ratcheted up, and some, some things get a little tenser. Yeah. I, I think maybe in a year or two it'll... it'll ease up a bit. There are a lot of people that are not used to running around dealing with Star Trek in a legal real way, where we've been where the world has been keeping up. And I'm not needing to knock off, I'm not needing to ignore the J.J. movies, but they are. A movie is a totally separate Mm, thing. It's just two hours, it's like a Star Wars podcast. It's it's just two hours it shows up every three or four years, where a a series you're cranking it out and people are talking 24-7, 24-7. Well, here's a a take. How, How did... I think everybody here, if not at, at present at the dawn of the creation, was in there close by early on about forming and starting and, and even uh, funding in some way, keeping it going, where it's not a hobby. Because I think some of those podcasts that come and go are just when people can sit down and get off work and not you know, put the kids to bed or whatever. 
anybody have a, a thought on what, how, how are how um, it's a, and it's a variety of things there too. Mm. Patreon or uh, it's just yeah. people are just doing it out of their pockets or what's what's the range here? Yeah, I mean, we were lucky that. Uh, Mission Log was created by Rod Roddenberry, so he wanted this show to happen, and he could make it happen. But at the same time, it, it doesn't mean that just there's this infinite source of money to keep the show going. That's not fair to anybody, you know? Um, so we knew that we had to treat it like a business, and we knew that we had certain goals that we wanted to make. Um, we also knew from the beginning that our real measure of success was going to be about engagement getting the audience to talk back to us, and then carrying on a conversation with them. So that was first and foremost. And it took a few years before we were in a position that we knew we could get advertisers and rely on that a little bit. Um, and then we launched Patreon. We're kind of late uh, starting up Patreon. We had kicked that around for a while. Latreon. Yeah, but we just we weren't really sure how that would sound. You know, five years ago it was one thing, and and we thought, well, do we sound like we're begging if we use Patreon? Or a lot of places before Patreon would have a, a PayPal donate link. Hmm. And we thought, are people really going to do that? Let's just sort of hold off. Let's wait. I think Patreon now is perceived very differently because you have big names behind Patreon that are uh, or or you know participating in Patreon that are doing really well, you know, people who honestly don't need it at all. But if it allows them to be creative, if it allows them to make more content, fantastic. Um, so I, I would like to be in a position where we don't have to do that, but it's nice that it's sort of a thing that is, uh, we treat it almost like an exclusive club for our listeners. You know, we, we know we have X number of listeners, but if there's a little sliver out of that that really wants to do Patreon, that we want to thank them, we have little premiums for them, and, you know, it's not really about that, but it, it's just sort of uh, another way to be tied to the listener at that point. They're, they're flying in Economy Plus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I have to say some of that has really come from um, the development of crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. That it, it okay. is something how social media and podcasting and crowdsourcing, these are all in the mix, and they've all just been around the last, not to cut you off, but the no, last eight ahead. or ten years. It's all been kind of a, an interesting mix that 20 years ago or, you know, Well, we saw it last ago. year at San Diego right. Comic-Con. They had, you know, over a dozen panels just on crowdsourcing alone. So it became, and like you said, with Patreon, with having a couple of big names behind it, kind of lending credibility to it, whether they need it or not. Yeah. I think the same thing has happened with uh, several crowdsourcing uh, companies that having some other what would be perceived as, okay, famous stars who don't need the money... Well, just because they're famous doesn't mean someone's going to write them a check, you know, for a million dollars. Yeah, go make this movie. You know, they the the idea of independent film became a little bit more acceptable. So the PayPal donation, the Patreon, the crowdsourcing just in the last few years has become a great way to support independent arts. Mystery Science Theater came back from Netflix. Mm -hmm. And and talking about things like, um, you know, the social media and podcasts and all these other things, ways that we digest Trek and the ways that we interact with it, uh, that's never existed before when there's been a television show on the air. So Discovery is the first show ever in Star Trek history. Of the modern era. Which, of the modern era. <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's huge because with a, with a show that has such a fan base like Trek, like it's always been 
a fan base that has a community. They talk to each other. They go to conventions. So that community's always been there, but now it's so much more accessible. And it's like that level to entry into the Trekkie world is is Well, it's like, uh, is it today that Chris Hardwick is in H? Yeah? Mm. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, I... Thank you, Chris. Let's all head over there. (laughs) Chris Hardwick started out that way, where he just wanted to sit around with his friends and talk about... talk about stuff he likes. Yeah, and talk about the stuff that he likes and that he's passionate about. And so many people, I've heard him say this from his mouth, so many people told him, oh, yeah, that's a lame idea. You're going to talk about a show right after they've watched the show? (laughs) Right. And, And some of the same people that criticized him are now doing their own talking whatever yeah. <laughs> won't name any names <laughs> he already did on his show um you know so it's it's become more accepted this whole idea right. of a dialogue well an awful dialogue. lot of things are more accepted now than the, <laughs> it's the kind of like starlog magazine come to life in in hyperactive mode or right. something mm-hmm. like and that. starlog yeah. was laughed at in its day yeah yeah mm-hmm. really a magazine just about sci-fi really yeah. okay well it's it not came from the, the world of soap opera magazines which is exactly the same sort of thing yeah. like why would you want a magazine just for soap operas and yeah like, well i and one thing here that's as far as everybody's individual shows and some people are representing more than one show when we say a podcast now a podcast can be several different uh form we could have just like and we touched on this but we can have just plain news uh analysis and people sitting around and analyzing something and talking uh, and then we have, you know, like interview shows, um, which, I mean, I have a video channel that I do interviewing on, and some people have a, have a mix. Um, anybody have a... I, I want to at least at some point today get your, your like, A1, if, there, if you died tomorrow, what you hope your archive would... What would be on your... Why are you looking at me? What moment you achieve... Why are you looking at me? What moments you achieve behind a mic that you're most proud of? Or maybe that was the wacky doodlist. I think they're still to come. Oh. Can I say that? Can I? You, you that just did. Pop out answer. I think Larry, what you're talking about is uh, something that's sort of a fundamental thing about podcasting, anyway, which is to say that there are a lot of different shows with a lot of different topics and a lot of different hosts. The best thing that you can do is be an inch wide and a mile deep. So I, I know a lot of people who say, "Well, I want to start a podcast because I'm a funny guy and I like to talk to my friends." All right, good luck finding an audience. You know, but if you're a funny guy and you like to talk to your friends about something that you're passionate about, that you have a unique take on, that you can then go find that audience and nurture that audience, then you've actually got a show. And that's why Star Trek podcasting works across the breadth of the Internet, reaching this huge uh, uh, collection of fans from all different walks of life, because everybody on this panel does something very unique, and they have a specialty, and they have a passion with a particular voice for, uh, uh, for their, their individual topic. So, you know, Ken and I do one thing, and, and we, we crafted that from the very beginning to say, all right, here's what we want to pick apart about Star Trek. And we have to remind listeners every now and then, particularly if they're new, oh, well, you missed this thing. Well, it's not that we missed it. It's we didn't care about that thing. <laughs> but here are 10 other podcasts that care about that thing that you really want to talk about and be engaged right. about, you know? So um, I think that just applies across the board, no matter what, whether it's a Trek show or a science show or a Star Wars show for the three of them, you know? Um, <laughs> Uh, but as far as what I'm proud of, you know, I, I mentioned at the Roddenberry panel that um, 
we've done enough shows now where it's very easy to forget <laughs> the great moments that we've had, you know. Um, but there are moments where Ken and I might be very much on the same page about something, but we're both equally passionate about that thing. And uh, we submitted to the Parsec Awards this year our show on The Outcast because it not only is a great episode of TNG, but in our mission to figure out what's relevant today, we were both angry that that show is relevant today because it shouldn't be a thing, you know? When that show came out, sure. Which took yeah. the whole gender differences, diversity, prejudice thing in a science yep. fiction Star Trek angle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and it was handled are. brilliantly in Star Trek and has this kind of tragic ending to it that, that should make the audience upset. And, and it made us upset that it was a thing then and that it still had relevance today. So that, those are the moments that I like is when we get really fired up about something. And um, we got a lot of good feedback on that one. Fortunately, most of it positive. <laughs> I'm glad to say... Because there is negative feedback, too, but we take it in stride. Well, and I think it's because, in its essence, Star Trek is about the human condition. Yes, there's aliens, there's space, there's technology, but it's about people. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can, after 50 years, you know, continue to talk about it every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that the podcast, I mean, I still go to conventions, and I'll, if I have, like, 200 people in a room, and I'll, if I'll... Do you do this? Do you do this? And I still see a very small percentage of fans that are downloading podcasts. What's, what's everybody doing? Just, is it, do you just see a gradual penetration through social media and word of mouth? Or what are you doing to build audiences? And, and do you think it's... What's the trend? Uh, what I like to do at a convention is take somebody's phone out of their hands and say, do you download Mission Log? No, here. Now you're subscribed. Enjoy. Uh, seriously, I mean, uh, we will do that we, because there are people who don't know what podcasts are and there are people who own a smartphone and don't realize that they can do this. And I'll gladly say, look, you should listen to a ton of shows, but, but subscribe to this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you got to 8 million downloads. Exactly. Yeah. 8 million phones. <laughs> uh, and you wore that shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. We make sure that we share everything as much as we can on social media, like every, like Instagram, even just like you know having the links, just places that you wouldn't, you know, like oh, I don't go to a podcast, I don't go look at you know pictures of cats and stuff like that to find a, find a podcast. But if you have the link there and it takes you back, and sometimes you can watch it or listen to it on online as opposed to downloading it directly. And I don't really know what that does for the numbers. No, same, same thing. Okay, if they're yeah. feeding so, from the RSS, feed, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've we've had a lot of people, you know say that they listen to it just by pushing the button on the page or something like that. So, do you, do you, well, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think that's the main importance of something like trekradio.net is that we like promoting each other. Mm-hmm. We like promoting our friends. Um, I know there's a, a TNG improv event tonight and we were talking about that there they are we were talking about that on trek radio you know we we talk about when you guys come out with new episodes because we want people to find you find you through us find you through you know itunes i'm in my head kind of going should i mention names yeah find you through all different ways find you through trek movie through roddenberry.com and just promoting each other because it's the entertainment industry so you know you got to be able to and it's a very, across the aisle, right? It's a very Trek 
mythos, isn't it, right? right. Like IDSC, we're all friends here, guys. A very yeah. TNG era mythos. <laughs> well, and being in Especially Southern California, right now. too. You know, have, being in Southern California, we also have sort of like it's easier for us to all kind of work together to find those people who are also kind of in Los Angeles I was going to get to that. That's true. Yeah. Geography the reason, That's yeah, the reason I, I called this yes. SoCal is because the cool thing about podcasting and a lot of things now digitally with the internet is that people can do it wherever they are. They can be in Slaughterville, Oklahoma and do this if they want. There's decent Wi-Fi. Yeah, we or, have a guy in Dubai right now. One of our co-hosts is, is yeah, in wow. yeah. school in Dubai. So. But, awesome. but there is something special about physically the folks that are here now, I don't know if there's going to be this big podcast community spring up in Toronto now or not, but <laughs> for six months a year, um, like, like Winter Birds or something. But there is, I mean, and there is an access point to that. And those of us who dally in or, or use interviews, although, you know, phones are phones. And um, I heard this rumor that podcasting is mostly audio. So um, there is that. But, yeah, uh, has anybody uh, expressly had a... Had a the positivity from the fact that we're, we're here. We don't, we're here because we're here. It's not like people moved here to do their Trek podcast in L.A. <laughs> but has anyone got any, uh, any great moments from that or being able I, to? I, we've experienced both. Um, our chief financial officer is in Australia. You know, and I've never been there, but, you know, I can talk to him through the Internet and, and he can help support our network that way when we've never met each other in person. Um, but on the opposite side, being in Southern California, there's so many different events that we have access to. It, it allows for a level of creativity I, I may not get if I'm somewhere where I don't have access to that. But when you act, ask about memorable moments, I remember, I, help me out, because I can't remember how many years ago it was, we uh, did a live broadcast uh, for Halloween. There are several sci-fi slash Star Trek bands um, and this happened to be this particular year. It was uh, Warp 11 was playing on a Friday up in Sacramento, and Sci-Fried was playing on a Saturday in Florida. And I just so happened to have staff members, DJs, that could be in both of those locations. So we broadcast them live. That's really cool. And That's we got... Awesome. Coast to coast. Yeah. yeah. And we got... Um, radio coast actually, coast. around the world. And we got emails from so many people that said, I love this band. I've never been able to see them live because they can't fly out here or they can't go to the conventions and they're like thank you so much because I've never heard them live and live we, we had to do it during mature content hours if you know those bands <laughs> um, especially Kiki she loves the F word um, but yeah you know they just they love the aspect of live the interactivity of it yeah so that was one of our memorable moments in terms of well we, it's, is it time for Q&A yet? I think it, it just might be. We have, I have, we have a news announcement to make at the end of this panel, which, did it get made earlier? It did. At another place? Not, you know, okay. in, in a little bit of detail, but we can talk more okay, detail. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, the real deal, I wasn't there, so yes. it, it obviously didn't really happen. I called you the late Larry Nemechek. <laughs> okay, I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> Good. Uh, that'll get them wagging. I, I wonder if that guy from Starfleet Intelligence will be there blogging that I died, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, bloggers. Uh, yeah, do we have any questions? Any, anything? He needs to blog that you've died. You're not somebody until the internet has said you're dead. <laughs> right, right. I should have done some paintings. So I put it on TMZ. I did, yeah. Mm. You got a question there. Oh, I believe yes. we have a question oh. from the Oh, I'm shirt. sorry. We have a mic stand yeah. here. Oh, oh, go to the mic stand. 
Yeah. I didn't mean to throw you. We, we, uh, we have to capture this. I didn't mean to throw you with unexpected situations. <laughs> okay. You could improv fans at a Q&A line. Hello. We'll do a scene for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Sarah. Um, this is Jess. Hello. Uh, we're from the Improvised Generation. Thank you for shouting us out. And um, my question for you. You're welcome. Yes, and thank you, Larry. <laughs> yeah, the, the thank you does go to Larry. He's the one that told us. Oh, I, I know. It's exciting to be around a lot of nerds that like it as much as we do. Yes. I mean, nerds lovingly. I'm yes. going to sit down now. <laughs> um, my question for you all is, um, as a fellow fan who's a lifelong fan, have you ever hit a moment where you ran out of something to talk about? Hmm. Right Fandom now? block? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think... I, or, or is it... Do you just have this eternal flow of um, ideas and fresh, um, fresh material that you are looking to produce? I'm just curious. I'm not trying to tell you you don't have ideas. I think, I think writer's block hits everyone at some yeah. point. But the, the way that I can get out of it in about two seconds by going to my other friends who either write for Trek Movie or work on the podcast and just be like, what are you guys thinking about lately? And they'll have like 20 ideas and then we'll talk about the first one for an hour, you know? So it's, I think it's, everyone has, you know, you, you can go to each other in those times where you're like, uh, I'm just like all out of ideas right now. And, Cause the community is pretty creative and vibrant. It's easy to find people like that in the Trek community, I think. Yeah. That's what we've looked at with uh, Trek FM where I've stumbled across a couple episodes, which are like, Eh. I mean, they're not bad. They're just like, what do you say about it? And so sure. you grab somebody who has a different viewpoint or something, and they it turns into a conversation. It might be a conversation about one character that has four seconds of dialogue, but at least you sort of then <laughs> filled out that 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 time period. Does Trek have any of those? Yeah. No. <laughs> no I mean, we have an entire episode on Ursinoids, so the, from Mud's Passion, because that's about all yeah, anybody like your, wanted to talk your about. Your entire podcast is about Star Trek: The Animated Series. Yeah. Like, talk about niche. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. When yeah. somebody asks me, it's right. like, oh, do you worry about stepping over? I'm like, no, not at all, because no one wants to do this. Well, and, and you haven't run out of stuff to talk about. No. I mean, we're we're still in. We're just finishing season one, and then season two is six episodes, so it's shorter. But we we really have lucked out and be able to find people who worked on the show and. Those people never get asked to be talked to, yeah. you know. So they're, they, we you really know, want interview to... with the animator. What was his name? Uh, Bob Klein. Bob Klein. I was yeah. just like, oh my god, why has no one thought to find those people? And he yet? designed and the first non-constitution uh, class starship ever for Star Trek, and like, why hasn't anybody yeah. talked to him? Well, I so, well, well, and with companies like Netflix bringing back or you know revitalizing old animated series, mm-hmm. you know, you now have other people going, oh wait what you did yeah. that's kind of a good idea maybe I'll do that for Voltron or you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. well th- I was going to wow. say the, the genius really thing idea. you did though Aaron <laughs> was not just because I was like well that'll be 26, 24, 26 episodes yeah. bang but you, you say Saturday morning Trek of, and the 70s right. fandom, in the, which was the revival decade. So we've talked about Starlog Magazine and all sorts right. of stuff. And the rise of conventions and zines and, yeah. and all that. So yeah. the, the, this might be a little too inside baseball, but... Um, with this crowd. So, yeah, right. So uh, Ken and I are in a very bad habit right now of recording our shows on like a Tuesday night before they're due on a Thursday morning. None of the rest of us do oh, that. No. Yeah, yeah. We... we at one point, we were about eight weeks ahead, which was awesome. Wow. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Um, and typically, what will happen is, like, on a Sunday evening, I'll text Ken and say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, this is awful. 
I've got nothing to say about this episode. And then and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit, and it's like, well, you know, what about this particularly terrible thing? Or what about this particularly awful <laughs> thing to talk about? So we'll, we'll kind of make light of it, which some of our audience hates, but, you know, we, we try to warn them that we have to, we just sort of have to decompress sometimes. Like our, our show it can't always be serious. It can't always be about heavy social issues. But then that usually gives us an entry point to get into something that is topical. Well, and whatever episode you pick is going to be somebody's either favorite episode or least favorite Or least episode. favorite. Yeah. Here, here. I, yeah. Uh, Aaron actually designed a beautiful uh, Aquiel tattoo for me, uh, which will never, ever see the light of day. Certainly not on my body. Are that you saying of where it is? <laughs> Are you saying that it's not where the shirt is ripped? Are you saying um, that you've got feedback that they were opposed to humor or they were opposed to uh, they were just very straight arrow and didn't like you finding fault with something even if it was like a tiny little thing about being negative quote unquote or critiquing it you know and they were like how can you yeah. find anything negative about this no, Star Trek you know you're doing something right when you get email from people saying um, you're pushing your liberal agenda or you're too conservative about this or um, you're making too much fun of this or God, don't you guys ever lighten up on this thing? It's just meant to be a joke. Or I, just every end of the spectrum, we get email about all of that. So you know you're pushing somebody's buttons, it, it, even, it, it, even as yeah. nicely as you try to present something. You know, we, we try, in fact, I just got an email today from somebody saying, um, it was in Descent, in Descent Part 2, and we, we were talking about political realities and how that episode shows this character that is a strong man promising things to people and lures and borgs pardon lures borgs lures borgs yeah yes. say yeah. that three times fast and and we were very careful to not tie that into political specifics we were talking about general ideas here and somebody wrote in and said thank you for doing that and i said look there's a very good reason because one we're not trying to turn the audience off from the message the message is more important right and the other thing is we want the show to go on and on and on. We want this show to be relevant five years from now, ten years from now. And it's not just about this thing that happened in the news yesterday. It's about big ideas that influence political tides. Well, and for some strange reason, maybe that, the fact that people are still, even the original series, are finding their way to the show, it's speaking to them. If it's not about Vietnam or 60, you know, overpopulation, but all the issues that they tackled in subtext are still finding resonance today. And sadly, war hasn't gone away, hunger hasn't gone away, social injustice hasn't gone away. But right, when it's not about a specific identifiable thing. Well, and, and sometimes I think you can find conversation in the negativity. You were talking about, you know, this one particular episode, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. You can't hide that from your audience. Because yeah. there's probably somebody out there that's just like, yeah, I got nothing to say about that episode either. You have yeah. to be honest with them about, yeah, I don't like it. Because then in that negativity, there's that conversation, that dialogue back and forth. Um, <laughs> it's making me think of recently, we actually tweeted um, a photo that came from someone working on the new series of... The, I'm going to get dirty looks from my resident Klingon of the new Klingons. We got so much negativity for that. People just emailing us, getting all kinds of hate mail. It gets going, old. How, how could you? How could you? You've ruined the Discovery messenger. for me. We're just the messenger. I'm canceling my, you know, 
all access account. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> sure you are. The, yeah. No, <laughs> they're like, how could you tweet that? I'm like, it's it's coming from CBS. I'm just, you've ruined it, you've spoiled it. It's coming from their press room. It's like, don't yeah. give me. Oh, you mean that they were? It was spoilers. Yes, oh. they were saying we killed it. Wow, we killed it for oh, them. Oh, not not what oh, I thought. Was, saying the that fact they didn't that like it. Yeah, the oh. fact that we leaked it. Oh, that's hilarious. We, <laughs> Okay. And then I, I don't know what it was because it got picked up by the Nerdist, it got picked up by Screen Rant, and, and our email just started, David and I, our email just started blowing up and we're like, what? Oh, I know what you're talking about the uh, yes, photo yes. that, that uh, yes, one of the extras yeah. took the and extra, then the extra yeah. was fired. And just yeah, wait, just no wait a couple days, folks. You're going to see them on the other stage. Yeah. <laughs> Those very same yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. the year that I said that <laughs> CBS and Netflix had made a deal hmm. for a new Star Trek. Yeah. Mr. Starfleet Intelligence blogger in Phoenix that year that said, I, I said, I was oh, saying it, it would be stupid for Netflix not to be trying to talk to CBS about, and Paramount about mm-hmm. doing... He left out a few a, words. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. We, we and he said that I announced Larry Nemechek at this little panel at Breaking Phoenix Comic Con with, you know, on yes. Memorial Day weekend announced that CBS and Netflix had made you, a deal for a new series. With yeah. Kayla on more than one occasion, we've, we've had to, like, take... Find an article and like that doesn't sound right. And then you'd go do some fact checking. Like, oh, you left out four words that totally changes the meaning. Yeah, right. of it, you know, yeah. yeah. So we would contact somebody who was at the event and then change it. And then like, oh, here's the correct article. And it was almost like, a, oh, you ruined it for us. <laughs> it was like, so yeah, no, when, we just whenever you're it. starting to get bored, you know, <laughs> you, you just go through your hate mail. I really, yeah. really am starting to stuff. see the rise of like alt right genre writing. It's like take a topic, especially like with Discovery in the last year. And, like, there's one writer, it's either her or it's her editor making her do it, that they, it's like, whatever's going on, find the most negative thing. And it's like a major, it's a major website. It's not, it's not Starfleet Intelligence Blogger. It's a major website. And it's a, what your question while ago about finding things to keep, everybody here has mentioned kind of a micro, a micro case. Yeah. A micro case of what basically is, I'll be sitting there whether I'm looking for it or it hits me. I, if I, I'm looking at Facebook or Twitter, and there's a news, not only is there news comes out, but then you have about fourth of the internet reacts in a, it's like, really? Really, people? And I think, well, there's some one-off reaction. And then I see that 10% of Twitter or 10% of Facebook is, I mean, that's what's amazed me. Is some of the, how, do you, how in the hell did you come up with that angle on that? Really, that's what your take is? So I, the things that people find who are supposedly fans but that's, that's their angle. That's the problem. Yeah. And we've all... When they announced the new doctor, when people was like, oh. welcome to the last year and a half of our lives, you know, of everybody just freaking out about everything. So well, it's I'm like... like <laughs> Trekkies do that best. I mean, on yeah. the one hand, you got to love Trekkies for nitpicking everything. I mean, why do you think we have a million different Star Trek podcasts where we can talk about some well, random species in, in years five minutes of the animated series. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, that exists because Trekkies are nitpickers. So on the one hand, you, you don't want to take that away. And that's part of the 51 years. So it's, that's part of its yeah. greatness, even though it's a complete pain in the ass. It's, well, no, it's I, also part of the greatness of but, Trek, right? But understand that because you, when you watched the exact same episode I did, you came away with something different. Completely different. That yeah. doesn't invalidate right. your experience, no, right? IDIC, it's guys. okay that I didn't like this and you loved it. Right. Yeah. Totally. And dare I say, reflects back on the Shakespeareanness of Trek, where people come in with different life experiences and it speaks to them in different ways, which is universality. Yes. So I want to take, so I, I know we've got so many more at the mic. <laughs> Was that, I'll do a question or, oh, okay. 
Well, I, I wanted to take a moment here. I was kidding earlier on. Um, John and I have a, a little news announcement here. Part of, I said at the beginning, I, I said six, eight years ago when podcasting first became a thing and when Chris Jones approached me to start coming on Trek FM as well as everyone, a lot of other places, um, whether I should be doing my own. And I thought, no, unless I can elevate, I mean, there's so many people, and again, there's, I didn't want to be same old, same old, and there are so many good podcasts out there, and I wanted to do something that had its own unique niche, even in the delivery of things. And um, uh, I, I said, I'll just go promote myself and promote everybody else's work and do that. And then I broke in with Portal 47, and now I'm doing my Trekline Tuesdays live, so I have 10 minutes to be live on camera. And then I do a lot of interviewing for our members in Portal 47, which is behind a paywall. But I, you know, I, I do that and get there. And then my camera interviews, where I'm barely on camera, but we're talking to a guest on my uh, Switching to Visual YouTube channel. But that's all ending now, because I got made an offer by Rod Roddenberry and John that I could not refuse... So today, I guess at the 11.30 or whatever, uh, 1.30 panel. At the Roddenberry panel. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm actually going to host a podcast. Very limited scope, something mm-hmm. that's never been done before. We're going where no documents have gone before. Mm. Ah. An, even, an even deeper dive. An totally. even deeper dive. So let, let, let's preface this by saying that in, in Rod's uh, inimitable way, he, just, he gets an idea. He's like, go do this. Go do this now. So that's how this came about. Um, because there are these boxes that have shown up relatively recently. Roddenberry has these... Um, Storage units kind of all over the place and are trying to... Storage and, compartments? Storage compartments? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just try, trying to get rid of stuff uh, or, and, you know, keep the stuff that needs to be kept. And um, some new boxes have shown up. And, and what are we going to do with all this? Well, uh, Larry came by one day and uh, we started looking at things. I, I guess I should go ahead and say a little bit of what this is because I didn't talk about it. At, this is uh, your moment. We have like Roddenberry a couple of minutes. Now. Yeah. So... Um, Part of what has been unearthed is this box of stuff from Planet of the Titans. Um, Ring any bells here? Yeah. Uh, the God yeah. Thing. The God Thing. Uh, yeah. Philip Kaufman's script for Star Trek. Uh, just stuff that really hasn't seen the light of day. And one of my favorites, I don't know if you put it in the slideshow, but you took a picture of a document with in big letters, it's on like a legal pad written in pencil. Aha! And we think it might be Gene's writing. We're not yeah. really sure. There's somebody in a story meeting. So right. You found all the stuff I've been looking for. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, and and here, here's the bizarre part of it, though. Like, it is completely out of order. And we're trying to put it together in a timeline cool that makes sense. So one of the things that Rod asked us to do was every episode, and we're talking about 15 minutes, just to focus on a paragraph or a page or a piece of a document um, that we label it with as much information as we can about the year, who it's from, who it's to, the context. So then hopefully you can go back through the podcast and sort of build a timeline of what was happening. And this will cover everything. Yeah, not just the the 70s time, but there we go. Yeah, this is from early Star Trek to new Star Trek. Yep, so I'm going to revise our our little uh, logo board there and add in the Trek files. And this is starting, we're saying, um, uh, early September. Soon. Yes, soon. Soon. We like soon. Soon. Yeah. This falls soon. Thank you all for coming out today and uh, asking questions. Yes. Anyway, Thank thanks you. a lot.
it sounds like you guys had a good time. Well, we did. We did. I think that would be an accurate assessment. And thank you again to Larry, and thank you to everyone who was on the panel, uh, and thank you to everybody who came. Uh, I, I made some new friends while I was down there, and it's just always a good time to hang out and talk Trek. So, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, we're doing that again this week. And we're actually doing that again this week. Both John and I are out in Vegas. If you're out there, I think John mentioned earlier, stop by the Roddenberry booth and say, hey. And then um, directly across from one side of the Roddenberry booth are the other two shows from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Uh, Women at Warp are going to have uh, some people there. I don't think all of the Women at Warp can be there, but a couple of people from Women at Warp will be there. Uh, same goes with the um, with uh, Priority One. Now, they have an armada. They have like <laughs> 35 people working on that show. Yeah, yeah. at any given moment. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, they, they will have a much uh, smaller presence this year than they had last year because, you know, a lot of people did blow it out for the 50th. Uh, but um, I do know that they're going to have a couple of people there as well. And, you know, stop by and see them and say, hey, and if you don't know their shows, uh, go by and talk to them because I'm pretty sure... I mean, they all have just an incredible love for Trek, and um, we're all hitting it from different angles. But we're all uh, we're all coming to the same thing with sort of the same, you know, well, love of Trek, as I say, and desire to talk about it. So uh, that's Wednesday through Sunday, and uh, yeah, trying to catch us earlier than Sunday because <laughs> <laughs> might be a little bit if, worn out. If you want to see me yeah. punchy, Sunday is a great day yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, see, what's funny to me, Ken, is at the beginning of this episode, you said that you were a little bummed that you couldn't come out to San Diego. So I kind of, you know, I, I did the heavy lifting for us and, and went down there, came back the very next day, but, you know, uh, made a presence there for Mission Log. But mm -hmm. if you think about it right now, right now, as people are listening to this, if they're listening to it right now, <laughs> you and I are at the Rio and, and you might be by the pool with a nice frosty beverage. I have never been by the pool at the Rio. I have never once been by the pool at the Rio. That's a true story. Oh, well, I'm going to say that the frosty beverage part is probably more accurate. Though. I have never not had a frosty beverage at the Rio. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's coffee until noon, and then, yeah, you can yeah. talk about what happens at 12.05. Uh, the other thing, though, is, I mean, so, yes, we're there, we're working the table, but then we are also going to do a panel, or maybe we are doing a panel, or maybe we just did. Um, mm -hmm. TNG 30, Trek in Transition. This is similar to the panel that we did last year thematically. Yeah, it felt like there was, it felt like there was more to say. Yes. And so as we approach the end of, uh, of Next Gen, which uh, both John, well, I have. I mean, I know your Trek was TOS. This mm -hmm. was my Trek. And so where we're going now, yes, I'm familiar with characters. Yes, I'm familiar with some of the story arcs. But I don't know the Trek that we're going into nearly as well as I know TNG. Uh, so we're going to look at sort of where Star Trek is at that time as different writers take over, as Gene Roddenberry's influence, uh, while still present, maybe is not uh, quite as strong as it had been. Looking at TNG, especially as we approach the end and thinking about where Star Trek was in that moment, seemed like a great way to mark the 30th anniversary of TNG. Yeah. So that's what you'll hear next week on Mission Log. It'll be the week after Vegas. You'll hear our panel. And then the week after that, we get back to our regularly scheduled program. You'll hear Gambit, not, not just part one. What? No. no, no. You'll hear Gambit part one and Gambit part two. And that'll all be in one super fun-sized episode of Mission Log. Mission Log.